In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what His body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams, and I'm the Director of Minister Relations for WAVA, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, can I tell you, with everything that's been going on around us, I think it is really important for us to celebrate things when we're able to. And here on Good News for the City, we like to do just that. We love to highlight the various ways that the church is making a difference in the D.C. metro area specifically, really impacting the greater D.C. metro area. Um, And the church does it in so many and and diverse ways, and and we want to bring that to your attention. So joining us today are two leaders of a church that really is making a difference in the D.C. metro area. And at the same time, making strides regarding housing and foster care and adoption. And that's exciting stuff to us. So let's talk about it. And of course, you know the drill. Here to get us started and introduce our guest for the day is my good buddy, my friend, (laughs) excuse me, my fellow Buckeye, um, Pastor Brian Bales. Brian is the senior pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Aspen, Virginia. Good to see you again, friend. It's good to be seen. Hey, we find ourselves once again in the midst of this sort of social isolation, COVID-19 pandemic slash whatever it's being called this week. Uh, But what I love about what's been going on in the midst of this is it is a very physical reminder of something that I think is easily said, but much more difficult to live out. And that is, I'm sure what our guests today will agree with, that the church isn't a building. Uh, It's a people. And the people of God are called to do the work of God. The people of of Jesus Christ are called to do and talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only people can do things. Buildings can't. And the people that we have uh, on the show today with us are really people who've been digging in, uh, helping people, uh, being the church. Uh, The hands and feet of Jesus is another thing that we say a lot. And so I'm excited today. And and I say I'm excited. I think just about every week we do the show uh, because truthfully, there's so many great reasons to be excited about the gospel and how it's being expressed all throughout the Washington metro area. So I want to introduce you to our guest today. First is uh, Pastor Aaron Graham. Aaron serves as the founder and lead pastor of the district church. He leads the Columbia Heights Parish, as well as the church holistically and organizationally. His desire and his heart is for church planning, leadership development, and urban ministry. He's the co-founder of an organization called DC 127 that we'll talk about in a while, and he serves as the board chair. Uh, Before moving into the district, he started Quincy Street Missional Church in a low-income neighborhood in Boston, where he served there for five years. He's a bachelor's from the University of Richmond, a master's at Harvard Kennedy School, and a doctorate at Fuller Theological Seminary. Uh, he loves to be outdoors, which I think is probably a little bit of a challenge during this time, but I'm sure he's finding other ways to keep himself busy. He loves to play basketball, travel, cheer for D.C. sports teams, uh, and he lives in Columbia Heights with his wife, Amy, and they have their two children, Elijah and Natalie. Also with us uh, is Sherry Yadlin. Uh, she grew up in Southern California, uh, but now she's been out here on the East Coast for the past 10 years. She started her career 
in direct social services. So she spent a lot of her days walking alongside people who were experiencing the difficulties of homelessness and her desire was to build relationships with them and to pursue wellness. It was through these relationships that it fueled Shira's desire to tackle uh, many of the difficulties and injustice now in her new hometown of DC. And eventually, I did lead her to study for a master's in public policy at Georgetown. While she was in the graduate school there at Georgetown, she was involved in the TDC housing work team, uh, a group that eventually became Just Homes. Uh, she joined the TD staff in November of 2017 when the church officially launched Just Homes. And her desire and what she does is to spearhead the formation and implementation of this new initiative. She is a proud middle sister uh, sibling, yeah? And pretty much always has a serious case of the travel bug, which has got to be difficult during these times, Sherry, I have to tell you. Uh, she served as small group leader and a leader in various roles on production teams since joining uh, the district church in 2013. Most weekends, um, not right now, but in a lot of the weekends you could have found her hiking, uh, but maybe some baking and closely following uh, English shocker if it was going on, um, and getting far too attached to characters in young adult novels. But uh, that's a discussion maybe for a different time, because today uh, we're going to talk about how God is using the district church uh, here in D.C. to accomplish some great things. So, uh, uh, Pastor Aaron, thanks for being here with us. I want to start with you, if I can. Um, if someone looked up uh, the district church online, you would see something like this, that you're committed to worship, community, uh, and justice. Uh, those words uh, are used by different people. And so when they're used by different people, they, they sometimes have a little different definitions. Could you kind of walk us through uh, from the district church standpoint, what are the aspects in, of those and why they're your focal points? Sure. Thank you, uh, Pastor Brian and Dennis for having us on the show today. And my hearts and my prayers go out to everyone who's listening in the midst of the COVID-19 situation. Um, yes. I've taken so much heart in the scripture and Matthew 16, when Jesus says he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so yeah. we're standing on that promise as the body of Christ in this time that even though we're meeting in different ways, uh, that God is building his church. Um, I thank God for your guys' ministry. Um, thanks for the question. Thanks for having us on and asking about the district church. Our three core values since we started almost 10 years ago are worship, community, and justice. And it really helps kind of combine these three streams of connecting upward in relationship with Christ, calling people into relationship with Christ. And it's been incredible to see how many people have been um, baptized at our church, including Shiri, who's on the call right now with us. Um, and to see how many unchurched people have, have found um, Christ through the ministry over the years. And then community is connecting with one another um, and, and really sharing life together. So we have a big small group ministry. We have over 50 small groups that meet throughout the region uh, weekly for Bible study and prayer. Uh, and then our third core value is justice. And really what we mean by that is connecting with the needs of the city and the world. Um, and so really uh, talking about biblical justice and the way we define that is the way Jesus defined it in the Lord's prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we have to understand what does heaven look like? And then how do we discern and how do we per participate with what God's doing here on earth um, to address some of the inequalities and to, and to proclaim Christ for his glory as we do that work. So those have always been kind of our, our core three values. And I think that, you know, in my experience, churches usually do maybe one of those three really well. The Sunday experience is great, but it's hard to find community or get engaged in the city. Or there's great social outreach and engagement in the city, but church is just is not as vibrant. Um, yeah. Or it's harder to find community. So we try to try to incorporate each of those three aspects. 
one of the things is I was uh, just looking through uh, your desires and your hearts. And, and again, you could go to uh, uh, www.districtchurch.org to find out more about your church. But one of the things it highlights is says you're called to those who are on the outskirts of society. And since all ministry at some level is local, what the outskirts of society looks like is different from maybe somebody who's hearing this uh, in, in Maryland in one part, or maybe all the way down to Richmond in another part, depending upon uh, where they're hearing on WAVA, or if they're on a podcast, they'd be hearing it in another part of the world. Who knows? What does that mean in your situation, the outskirts of society, and how does that look like to serve that particular community? Yeah, well, we really started, our, our name initially was Columbia Heights Neighborhood Church, and then the kids over in the Petworth neighborhood wouldn't come to Columbia Heights because they had beef uh, the, the urban youth. And so we ended up landing on the name, the district church. Yeah. Um, and I think it was kind of God's vision that we would have a heart for neighborhoods, but actually have a vision to reach the whole city. And now we have folks coming from Virginia, Maryland, and DC. Um, but when we use the name outskirts of society, when we use that, that wording, what we're really talking about is those who have too often been uh, left behind in society. D.C. Um, is a city of, of contradictions in many ways. Charles Dickens once called it a city of magnificent intentions about mm. 170 years ago. And so it's the wealthiest, D.C. is the wealthiest metropolitan area in the, in the country. Six of the 10 richest counties surround D.C. Um, but D.C., certain neighborhoods and wards of D.C. have some of the highest concentrations of poverty. Uh, D.C. has the most educated workforce in America, more masters and PhDs than anywhere else. And yet um, the public schools historically have been the lowest performing public schools in the nations. Thankfully, that's changed over the last 10 years and we're going in the right direction. But that hasn't been our story historically. Um, there's just a lot of in inequality in D.C. And I think when we say we're committed to those on the outskirts of society, we're trying to live into Jesus's ministry and mission that he proclaimed good news to the poor, uh, proclaimed liberty for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind. So we have really a priority in our outreach ministry. And Shiri is a, a big part of that with Just Homes and helping reach out to those who are on the outskirts of society. Yeah, just a moment, Shiri. I want to ask you a question about Just Homes, but I kind of want to go back, if I can, just for a second to you, Aaron, and ask the question, you know, you mentioned diversity. And I think uh, a lot of uh, people live in a somewhat homogenous uh, environment, uh, but that is not where you're called. And because of that diversity and the heterogeneous nature of the things around you, are there some unique challenges that you find? Or do you just discover, hey, you know, need is need, homogenous need or heterogeneous need? It's need. Sure. So our, our church is located in the Columbia Heights neighborhood of D.C., and we meet directly two miles north of the White House. And in Columbia Heights and northwest D.C. is one of the most diverse parts of the city. And so that was always our heart to seek to, as much as possible, reflect the diversity of the city and to reach people from all different walks of life. And by God's grace, we now have 74 nationalities that are represented in our church. Wow. And so it's incredible that the nations have come to D.C. and that Christ is who brings us together. And so, um, so we, we, we talk about that a lot. And that's challenging, right? Because usually you worship with people who are similar to you, um, have similar backgrounds. And so uh, being a multi-ethnic or multicultural church is complex yeah. uh, because you want to have people bring their cultures um, to the table as well. And so we, we have hard conversations around race and other things, but we try to do that in a biblical sense to help point people to Christ while being honest about some of the inequities and divisions um, that exist in, in our world that's divided by sin. 
And so I think um, a lot of folks see our diversity as a nation as a challenge. I think it's an opportunity. I think the nations have come to us here in the DC area. And uh, really the future of the church is in places in the global South and Africa, South America, Asia. And we're seeing our church grow so quickly with folks from, from all over the world who um, have, have moved here to DC at different points in life and have found a home at the district church. And Sherry, obviously you're part of the district church and you play a unique role in what God has called you to do and you're focused on the Just Homes Initiative. For someone who may not be familiar with that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the name is somewhat descriptive, but give us a little bit deeper idea of what it is and how it impacts the community. Sure. Thanks for the question and thanks for your interest in Just Homes. Um, you heard Aaron say that one of the core values of the district church is justice and he talked about it as looking at, you know, the kingdom as on earth as it is in heaven. And so um, when we think about justice in the city and we think about kind of righting the wrongs, kind of the, the renewal part of the gospel story um, and the restoration part of the gospel story, um, we look at the things that are not just um, in our city. Um, mm -hmm. And if we think about, if we try to imagine what does a truly just city look like, um, I think we can think of a lot of things that keep our current reality from being that just city in the vision that we can imagine. And one of those things is lack of adequate housing. Um, if you think about the vision of a just city, everyone has a place to call home. Everyone has a place that they can um, be in sanctuary. Um, our vision as Just Homes is a just city where everyone has a home. And that comes straight from the Bible. Um, Isaiah 65 was sort of our inspirational founding passage in there. Um, the prophet is painting a picture that God gives him about the new heavens and the new earth. And part of that is they will build houses and dwell in them. Mm -hmm. um, so those who are laboring and toiling actually get to reap the rewards of their labor. Um, and that's just not the reality here in DC. Um, the pe very people who are constructing the city, who are laboring to make it function, sort of low wage, minimum wage workers, um, can't afford to live here. Yeah. And so um, this initiative was born out of the idea that that's not God's vision. And so what can the church do? We believe that the church can step up to solve, help solve this problem, to do our part to solve this problem. It's a responsibility we have. We're called to biblical justice and yeah. housing has to be a part of that. So this initiative was born as a way to try to get the district church involved in meeting mm -hmm. the housing needs of the city. Um, yeah. And we have become sort of an entity to help other churches do the same. As we were trying to figure out what Just Homes could look like for the district church, uh, we heard from a lot of partner churches that either, you know, we're already doing this really innovative and exciting housing work and making a big difference, but we need more help. We can't do it all ourselves. Yeah. Or we heard, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me, let me hop in right there. If I can just yeah. ask you this question. Um, practically for someone listening, how is the church doing that? Because again, one of the struggles that, that people often have is having a theory mm -hmm. and even maybe even recognize a need, but actually making the implementation step of how to make a difference. Um, because unfortunately, and Aaron, I, I think you probably agree with this, as pastors and as, as leaders of church, oftentimes we recognize a need. We recognize our call biblically to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly, you know, the Old Testament version uh, of, of the idea of justice in that way, but yet doing it is a challenge. How would a church specifically, how did they take a role in this? Yeah, so the first question would be, what resources does your church have? 
because what one church can do is going to be different from what another church can do because mm -hmm. each church is different has different contexts. Um, we at Just Homes identified three kind of buckets of activity that we think churches can fall into to be involved in housing. Yeah. Um, and those buckets are build, invest, and serve. So build is exactly what it sounds like, building housing. Um, there are there is over 2.5 million square feet of vacant land within the District of Columbia that is owned by churches. It's a huge, huge resource for housing development and land is, you talk to most developers and they say cost and availability of land is the biggest obstacle to um, housing development in mm -hmm. DC. And so this is a huge resource. And we've seen churches successfully develop uh, affordable housing on their land um, in increasing numbers. Um, a handful of churches have done it in the past five to 10 years. And it's actually been happening since the, the 1960s. Uh, churches have been building housing. So this is totally attainable. Yeah. Um, and it's a huge way to directly increase this access to affordable housing in the city. And I love that you broke it down into three areas. Certainly, you know, building is clear if you have the land. If you don't have the land, that doesn't mean you're out of the loop or you can't do something. And you could go to justhomesdc.org, obviously, to, to find out more about that. Um, Pastor Aaron, I want to kind of go back to something that I said earlier on in your uh, bio, that you lead a, an organization called DC 127. Um, tell us what that is and what that desire is to impact specifically foster care and adoption. Sure. There was um, about seven years ago, the mayor's team here in the city came to us and said, there's a, there's a crisis in our city. We have thousands of kids, kids in foster care, hundreds of them that need to be adopted, and we're not working with any churches. Um, would you help organize churches? And I was like, we were like three years old as a church. I was like, no, nah, no, thank you. And as I began to pray about it over the course of the next year, um, God really wouldn't let this get out of my heart. You know how when God puts a calling on your life, you can't run from it. You try yeah. to, you can't yeah, run. Ask Jonah. He, he knows that, right? <laughs> exactly. And um, God really gave us a clear vision that one day the headlines of the news in D.C. would say that D.C. churches unite to reverse the foster care and adoption wait list. So the dream mm -hmm. is that there would be more families that are waiting to foster and adopt children than there are children on a wait list waiting to be adopted. And so over the last seven years, we've developed an organization, a ministry um, that's now working with 20 churches in DC that are partner churches that all have church coordinators that are helping support foster and adoptive parents. And then one of our signature programs is called Communities for Families, which helps keep kids out of foster care. And so it's doing short-term respite care where um, the government's not involved and it's just a church run short term placements. And so there's been some incredible stories that have come out of that over the last few years. Yeah. So you're not just responding to something that's already happened. You're doing in some way, shape or form uh, preventative before they get into foster home Absolutely. Uh, in that way. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah. Is, that's amazing. One of the things that we like, and she, I'll go back to you. One of the things we love to do in, uh, in especially in the last few minutes of the time we have together with, uh, anyone is kind of ask a story. Could you share us a story specifically about uh, the Just Homes DC about how they've come alongside of a family and then as a result, because of what's been done, has brought the hope of Jesus Christ into their lives? Yeah, well, I do want to be clear that we're still we're still a really new initiative, and so we're still building out a lot of the kind of programming um, that we're that we're hopeful to connect churches with. Yeah. Um, I will say that there's one um, 
or one individual that we've been connecting with who um, has been homeless and recently moved into a new home and we're coming alongside her to just help with um, getting settled because moving is just the first step. Um, yeah. think about the last time you moved, you probably had a lot of friends come help you and get you settled and explore the new neighborhood with you. Um, and that's what we're trying to do um, for this one woman is just help her turn the house that she's about to move into, into a home, yeah. um, help make her new apartment feel really like a home. Um, and absent other community, the church can really step in and make that happen. I love that. And uh, for you, Pastor Aaron, I think, you know, when you've talked about DC 127 and talk about adoption and foster care, how have you seen that impact your life personally, or maybe uh, some, some other people around who've taken up the call that Jesus has placed uh, into DC 127, the district church, uh, to tackle that idea of foster care? Yeah, absolutely. So my wife, Amy, and I um, are adoptive parents. So our two kids, Elijah and Natalie, were adopted from birth um, in South Carolina. Um, and so they're now 11 and eight years old. And then we've also served as foster parents um, back when we lived in Boston and did ministry. And then we've, um, my, my wife is a foster care social worker when we moved to D.C. Now she's um, working on staff as, as a pastoral, pastoral role over counseling, but that's her background as well. So when the city came to us and said, hey, we have a need, um, that was part of our own story as well. And I just believe that God sets the lonely in families. And uh, that's what the scripture says. And that's part of the calling of the church is to wrap our hearts around and our, and our lives around um, kids who uh, may not have opportunity to grow up in a family. We just had a situation recently where there was a 21, uh, somebody who was about to turn 21 who was in foster care in D.C. who had a two-year-old and she had never been adopted as a 21-year-old. And so we just came around her and supported her two-year-old through a, 20, uh, a birthday party for her 21st birthday. And now she has a whole community of volunteers from churches in DC that are caring for her um, because she's never experienced that forever home. And so that's the kind of work that I think we have to be about as the church. Love that. In the last minute or so, hey, uh, I guess I'll ask this to you, Aaron. Uh, for someone looking to impact their community in similar ways that's happening through DC 127 or just home DC, what sort of insight maybe you'd, you'd want to share with them? Uh, to help get them encouraged, to help them mobilize uh, similar ways of having the gospel reach out and change people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's prayer and listening. So I think it's asking God, God, where, did, where does your heart break? Um, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. That's the scripture I'm in this week for, for Palm Sunday, wept over Jerusalem. And the other thing is to listen to key leaders in the community, government leaders, nonprofit leaders, other pastors who are on the front lines and ask them where the needs are so that you don't replicate services, but you join God where he's already at work. Yeah, I love that. We just spent uh, some time in the last week talking to people uh, through the show about what it means to hear specifically from God for the specific calling he has on your life. He's made us all for a specific purpose and to walk, uh, as Ephesians talked about, in the good works he planned for us before the foundation of the earth. We have to choose to do that. Um, I just want to say thanks to both of you, Sherry and Aaron, just for uh, certainly coming on differently as we're doing this sort of virtually in different places, but more importantly for allowing God to use your gifts and your skills that he's given you to be used for his glory and to move the gospel forward. Uh, I, Dennis, I go back to what I said at the beginning. It always excites me to hear about the work of Jesus Christ happening through the people of Jesus Christ. So yeah, it inspires me, um, wants me to get up and actually do something. Um, 
But uh, I, I love what Aaron said, man. I, I had never heard this, Aaron, and I lived in D.C. for a while, man, but I had never heard this one where you said, who was it that called uh, D.C. the city of magnificent intentions? Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens, Charles. yeah. I love that, man. I wrote that down, the city of magnificent intentions, and yet here it is, man, the district church going beyond intentions, Sherry and Pastor Aaron going beyond intentions, not just good intentions, but doing something. Thank you all. God bless you. We love you guys for doing it. Hey, folks, if you want to get more <clears throat> excuse me, information, go to districtchurch.org. That's districtchurch.org. Also, justhomesdc.org. Again, justhomesdc.org. Or if you want to hear this again, this fascinating stuff, you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com and listen to it again, or waba.com, keyword good news, and listen to it. And even though I'm far away, I still get my calls. You can call me at the radio station, 703 703- 807-2266. God bless you guys. Thanks again. Hey, it was great having y'all. Remember, hey, we'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.